Welcome back to Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Gerber, and with me again are Sanford Clark. Hey, how's it going? Trent Bactor. And Matt Quest. This podcast focuses on the world of animation. In each episode, we feature all the latest news from around the animation industry and the main topic discussing a TV series, film, or something else. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, it's animated, it's up for discussion to geek out about. So... You guys have been following this podcast since, uh, I guess, technically January of 2011, uh, where Vactor and I did kind of like a backdoor pilot when we talked about the quote unquote pleasures of pl- pleasures of Plickfa? pleasures of pl- Pixar <laughs> um, over at a uh, another website. Um, and then from there, we kind of started animation fascination at that website. And then when that website went away, the actual animationfascination.net became its own thing. Matt joined a few episodes after that with me and Vactor, and then Stanford joined the site first as a writer and then eventually as a host on the show as well, too. So we figured for the 100th episode of this podcast, that is, what, about 12 years, I guess, in the making from that, that first kind of Backdoor Pilot episode. Um kind of bring back each of the, the co-hosts and discuss uh, not only kind of our most anticipated films that are going to be coming up in this year in 2023, but kind of like our overall favorite films from basically when we went into a hiatus from 2015 to 2022, as well as what we've been uh, working on in that midterm as well. So without further ado to that, I... We'll hand it over to uh, Vactor first to talk about his uh, most anticipated films of 2023. And then from there, uh, Stanford and Matt, and then myself. Well, I think we all have a similar sensibility on animation. So we're probably going to have a lot of similar picks. But anytime there's a new Pixar movie, I'm excited about it. No matter what it is, no matter what the premise is. But this year in particular, I'm excited for Elemental because it very much feels like Inside Out, but for um, just the the different elements of the world. And I always find novelty anytime there's, you know, some type of specific thing like that, whether it's emotions or elements. So that teaser trailer looks fantastic. I can't wait for Pixar's Elemental. Well, my most anticipated movie of 2023, I cannot be more excited for Across the Spider-Verse. That is a movie that I've been looking forward to. It's got delayed. It was supposed to come out last year, but I loved Into the Spider-Verse. Completely changed the animation world. I think it set a new precedent, new standard. And Across the Spider-Verse just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I cannot wait. Across the Spider Verse, yeah. Nice. Uh, how about you, Stanford? Well, I'm following Vactors excellently because I've got the same two films. Uh, I'm with you. Like anytime there's a new Pixar movie, it's just you know top of my list. I think this teaser trailer for Elemental looks particularly promising, and uh, so you know hoping it's going to be good and and uh, still and really still really stoked for it. And same with. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I mean, Into the Spider-Verse was 
as you know, as Vacker said too, just a game changer, such a cool movie. And this one just looks to be, you know, as cool or even more so. So uh, I just can't wait. I've got one other add on and it's also more just like fingers crossed and hoping uh, that it's going to be good. So I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm excited for it. You know, it's, it's, and I'm anticipating it, but I'm also kind of nervous about it. But anyway, it's right. uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios Wish. They, it's it's uh, the studio's 62nd full-length animated feature. It's a film that really was designed to, around the, the studio's 100th anniversary, which they're celebrating this year. And so there's, there's some cool stuff about it. Uh, and anyway, so fingers crossed that it's going to be good. So, though, yeah, those are my <laughs> Nice. How about, how about you, Matt? Are you looking for uh, anything this year? So, the last since the last time I've been on the podcast, I've kind of graduated from working in animation to live action. But you know, nowadays I I look for VFX in like live action movies, so animated VFX. So I think being like the contrasting view here. It's, you know, the live action VFX animated movie that I'm looking forward to most this year would be um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Because, you know, Groot and um, Rocket are animated. So that would be my choice for the most anticipated movie for me, at least. And of course, Stanford and Vector, your selections as well. Always a Pixar fan, too. Nice. Yeah. I I am definitely looking forward to Guardians three as well, uh, and then I guess I kind of echo everything that Stanford and Vector and you, you said, Matt, about um, both Pixar's Elemental, Sony Animation, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Um, I'm also looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three, uh, and then I uh, I'm a huge Leica fan. I think. Like as like in like maybe in like my top three like animation studios of, that I enjoy a lot. So I'm really looking forward to their first uh, film that they have been coming out since Missing Link with uh, Wildwood. That's that's actually even like set in in Oregon. Um, so it should be interesting to, to see how that film comes out this year too. Uh, Miyazaki's also retiring again again uh, this year. <laughs> this year. Uh, what is this? His fourth retirement? Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> Um, with how how do you live? So I'm looking forward to watching his last last film question mark, um, and then again I'm looking forward to the Walt Disney Animation's Wish to just because of like kind of what they teased with that how it's kind of supposed to almost be like an origin story to like the wishing star that we've seen in a yeah. bunch of different Disney animated movies. So that should be kind of uh, curious to see how they kind of try to tie all that together in some way or form but so before we get kind of to like our main uh topic this this night evening whatever uh i kind of just wanted to go over like a quick highlight reel of stuff of like memories of of like what we've done on the show just uh just because looking back at it, it was kind of like amazing that i realized like how many people that we actually like talked to from 2011 up until now uh and then Sanford and I have a few in the works that should be happening soon, hopefully. But uh, so like with like Chris Chua that we talked to, the, like the first interview we ever did with the Pixar animator. And um, then we had Jason Marsden on. 
uh, voice actor who I've actually like kept in touch with and remained friends with like all these years from that. Uh, Austin Madison, who again works at Pixar, and then are uh, we still use his handwriting in our logo? That's like the like the animation fascination logo is Austin's handwriting. Um, then we had the the Pizza Planet truck replica crew. Uh, so like Marco, Tyler, Sarah. I'm still pretty good friends with Marco and Tyler. And, those um, and I yeah I yeah three good friends with you. I three D printed them the rocket keychain that is on the key ignition in their truck. Yeah, and then so like I said, Pizza Planet truck, Marco, Tyler, still good friends with them. Uh, we had uh, Drake Belt on to talk about the Ultimate Spider-Man series at that point. Uh, then our, our buddy Hal Hickel uh, came on. We had him on a couple times. Uh, Vactor and I, a few years ago, back in 2017, I actually got to meet Hal in person for the first time when we went to Industrial Light and Magic, so that was cool to, to finally meet him in person at that point. Same thing with uh, Chris uh, Chua as well. We got to finally meet him in person that, that same year. Uh, um, and my buddy Darren Butters we had on way back when. Uh, remained good friends with him and met him a few times and uh, gone to Walt Disney Animation Studios since then to check out some stuff there too. Uh, we had Bill Farmer on, uh, voice of Goofy, among many other things. And I still remember geeking out when we recorded that, like when he did the Goofy laugh and I started like nervous laughing because because he did that. Um, then we had the, the live action Toy Story crew on, Jonathan and Jesse, who've done quite a few things. Uh, most recently, they were part of uh, Leica's like live action, like remake uh, stuff. They, they, they redid a scene from Paranorman, um, which is actually like on Leica's YouTube channel that you can see that there too. And they were also in a like a live action uh, recreation video for um, from a goofy movie that actually had Bill Farmer and Jason Marsden in it too, along with uh, the director of that movie, Kevin Lima. Uh, but then we had Alex Mandel, uh, who was a music composer for Pixar, did music for, like for Brave. Uh, Cal Brunker, uh, who's a feature animation director. When we had him on, it was for Escape from Planet Earth at that point in time. He's done a few things since then. I think most recently now it's the Paw Patrol movie too. Uh, and then we had uh, Tara Platt as a voice actor uh, who is married to another voice actor, Yuri Lowenthal, who, again, Vector and I, well, I think we're all pretty much Spider-Man fans, but Yuri Lowenthal has since being on our show went on to voice Spider-Man in the, the PlayStation video game. Uh, we had uh, Peter Lord on, uh, who's featured director uh, at Ardman uh, with one of our writers at the time, Phil Shetton, who lived in the UK, visited Ardman and interviewed him there. Uh, uh, Eric Ely, who's also another Pixar animator, uh, met him a few years ago as well. He's a pretty nice guy, cool guy. Uh, Jessica Forer, who is a DreamWorks animator. Now she works at Disney Television Animation. Uh, Farin uh, Kiyoshi, who is a visual effects artist. Uh, Stanford got to talk with uh, Will Friedell back when uh, Transformers animated series came out. Which is probably good that I didn't get to talk to him because I probably would have geeked out the same way I did with Bill Farmer. <laughs> um, uh, we <laughs> Uh, Cody Cameron is featured director and actor. David Feist is a producer and animator. Um, Otis Frampton, who uh, was one of the how, how It Should Have Ended animators, uh, he also did some of our art too. Like there's some art of Stanford and Matt and myself that he did. Uh, Floyd Norman, uh, Stanford got to speak with as well. And then if you haven't 
ever seen his the, the documentary about him, that's great. You should definitely check that out or just follow him online. He's, he's really a really cool follow. Uh, Nick Ranieri, an animator, Michael Amos, who's a DreamWorks character animator, Jason Schleifer, uh, who's a head of character animation at DreamWorks, uh, Jennifer Harlow is a DreamWorks animator. And then the last interview that we had back before we went on a hiatus was uh, Greg Wiseman, who if you're an animation fan, you know, from like Gargoyles and many, many, many things. Oh. But that was uh, a really cool interview that I liked doing with him. So that's just kind of like a highlight reel, I guess, of like people that we've had on. Hope to have um, some more people on in the future. But without further ado, into our favorite films and TV series from 2015 to 2022, we will start way back in 2015 now with uh, Factor's Pick. And then I already kind of laid this out with uh, Stanford, Factor, and Matt, but anytime we have a agreement, I guess, on the best film of, of that year, we'll all just kind of chime in there. And then when we have separate views uh, for whatever year it is, we'll talk about it. So uh, here you go, Factor. Inside Out, I watched in the theater, and this was one of those Pixar movies that I think generated a huge emotional response. There were many, uh, I should say, there were no dry eyes in the theater. Everyone had an emotional reaction to it. And specifically Bing Bong, I think, was the, the main catalyst. But having different emotions personified is just a really fun idea. There was an old show back in the day called Herman's Head. It was a television right. comedy on Fox, which... I actually got a chance to go behind the scenes and meet a lot of the actors, but that's neither here nor there. It's, it's really fun to go into the human psyche, the human mind and kind of get this personification of all the different emotions. And they were at the, obviously they're always at the top of their game as far as the animation goes, but the true beauty of Pixar is always the storytelling and the characters. So inside out was just a fantastic film that year that might have been my favorite movie of that year live action or um animated i just had a great time with all the different emotions in inside out i'd love to get a sequel and see what's right. going on with the older version well good news they announced a sequel recently Woo! so you'll get that <laughs> yeah uh about uh Stanford and Matt, do you agree with that too for Inside yeah, Out? Yeah, that was my pick too. Yes. <laughs> I'm good. Right. Love that movie. Me too. Uh, and then what were you saying, Matt? So I was going to do mine a little differently, but I don't, I'm don't. i a ghost until about 2018. So, Okay. We will, we will check back in with you in 2018, unless you agree with any of the picks from here. Oh, on. I'm looking at um, them. They're good. They're good. Okay. Uh, and then... Yes, I don't really have anything else to add about Inside Out. Do you, Stanford? No. I think Factor pretty well covered Factor nailed what it, yeah. all of us would say about Inside Out. Um, about for TV for 2015? So for television in 2015, that was the first season of Star Wars Rebels. And this was coming off the heels, off the backs of Clone Wars. A different kind of style aesthetically to the character models in rebels versus clone wars. And they also had a shorter run on rebels overall, but that first year there was a ton of excitement around, I think episode seven and then rebels like this new 
Disney Lucasfilm uh, era. So Rebels has a special place in my heart uh, for a lot of reasons. But one of them, we got James Earl Jones playing Darth Vader in the show. And that was a huge thrill for me. And then also, little did I know at that time in 2015, one of the characters would go on to inspire my son's name, Ezra. So Ezra Bridger is a character that uh, has a special place now in my and my family's hearts. So that first season of Star Wars Rebels was something special. I, I love the whole show, but that very first yeah. season introducing all these new characters to us um, it has been very good. And there's a lasting legacy that these characters have where we're getting them in other shows. We're getting them in movies. We had Hera and Chopper having a little cameo in the background of Rogue One and the you know, the space whales. And there's a whole ton of stuff that yeah. Rebels has gone on to inspire in Star Wars. So 100% Star Wars Rebels was my favorite animated show of 2015. Very nice. How about you, Stanford? You know, I love Star Wars Rebels. And uh, I'll be talking about that more when we're talking about it <laughs> next year. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I, I, I hate to admit it, but I, I, am, I am often slow in with particularly with TV series in 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 join you know joining in on the on the fandom and and really enjoying the series. Uh, for me in 2015, it was Bob's Burgers, which by then was on season five. <laughs> so uh, you know, I'll, I, I'll I'll own up to it. I, I get so focused on on uh, on movies that TV series are always neglected in my life. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm glad at least I came to. Uh, Appreciate Bob's Burgers, even though it's it was five seasons late. I uh, <laughs> I really love that show. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, and then for myself, uh, for for film or sorry for TV, my favorite of 2015 was the final season of Phineas and Ferb, which I guess is now not the final season because yeah. now that's also going to be coming back for another two seasons. If you wait long enough, something eventually is going to come Stuff back or get a comes back get a sequel. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that show and it was on, I was, it was on like at a very, uh, basically very specific and like good time for like the age that my son was while it was on between like, like up until like he was 10 years old. Um, so it was like in a, that sweet spot, but that show was also like really good for the, all the writing that it always did. They had, uh, in that final season, there was like, like a Shaun of the Dead reference in there where they even had Simon Pegg and, Nick Frost voiced Sean and Ed in an episode of it. There was like a, there was an episode that like made references to the TV show lost in there as well, that Damon Lindelof wrote an episode for Phineas and Ferb. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing like what Dan Povenmire um, and Jeff Swampy Marsh do with their, I guess the next two seasons that they're going to be doing with Disney plus of it. Uh, so that should be interesting to see how that show pans out on here as well uh and then matt do you do you agree with with any of these or have you caught up with any of these shows that were on around that time as well like i said i was kind of a ghost around that time so <laughs> okay um, no worries I, you know i've heard of Bob, bob's burgers i've seen episodes and you know everything you're talking about i know about it but do i know a lot about <laughs> it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no problem all right, Vector, uh, getting back to movies for 2016, uh, what was your favorite film for that year? 
2016, it was a tie for me. Number one, the I think my favorite Leica film of all time is Kubo and the Two Strings. And not only do I, do I love the story of Kubo, but it has a personal connection for me because I have Japanese ancestry in my family. I've lived in Japan. Anytime I see, and I just love the Japanese culture overall. So anytime there's samurai, ninja, anything with ancient Japan, I always love to see that. And Kubo kind of, it kind of uh, snuck up on me. Like I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. Once I saw it in the theater, I was blown away by it. I just loved the animation style, the the characters and the story. And that's, I think, going to be a running uh, commentary on all of these. It's just every single one of these picks is going to be a great story and great characters. It's just the recurring theme um, that we always talk about, but it just kind of blew me away in, in, uh, in that sense that I wasn't expecting um, a Leica film. I'm always looking out for Disney, always looking out for Pixar, but Leica is one of those, the studio that I'm not necessarily looking for, but Kubo really blew me away. So that was my my one fa- my uh, half of my favorite pick, but my tie I cannot not talk about Moana because I also lived in Hawaii for a little bit, and Lilo and Stitch was always one of my favorite Disney animated films because of the Hawaiian culture, and Moana did the exact same thing with that Hawaiian Polynesian culture, um, the Rock's voice, and. I even liked the Lin-Manuel Miranda songs. I think that was one of my favorite soundtracks that he's done. Um, and then he also makes an appearance later on our list. So we'll talk about another Lin-Manuel uh, animated film. But Moana, I love the songs. Again, love the characters, love the story. And one of my favorite Disney animated films, Moana. Yes. Uh, I'm... I... My film for 2016 uh, was Kubo and Two Strings as well. So I will will agree with everything you said about that. Um, like I had already said, I'm a huge fan of Leica. So I'm also always impresses me with like how they do like everything for their films with it being stop motion. And there's there's some use of uh, like visual effects animation in there as well to just kind of as like another tier of like. Uh, mixing it with the stop motion animation to kind of just give it that little extra like umph to it. Um, but it's, it's always cool to watch like their making of to see like how, like with like Kuba, how they did like all the stuff with like all the, all the paper in that. And, yeah. Like the water effects in that film are all amazing to watch. So yeah, like, like you said, and then uh, with shout factory partnering with like a recently, we're going to finally get uh, Kubo and box trolls, this month or next month, um, and 4K finally. Nice. We got Coraline and Paranormal a few months ago, um, but it'll be nice to, to finally check those out in 4K too. And then hopefully maybe they can work something out with uh, to get Missing Link as part of that uh, 4K release set too, because that was released by a different like nice. distribution. But yeah, that was me for 2016. So then I'll give it back over to Stanford, who I know has it wasn't another Disney movie. Different one, yeah. But wasn't 2016 an amazing year? I mean, holy smokes, yeah. what fantastic films! You know, we had to choose choose from. Uh, my pick is Zootopia, 
from from Walt Disney Animation Studios. And number one, I couldn't believe that Disney cranked out Zootopia and Moana in the same year because both of those films are so outstanding. Uh, Zootopia, for me, uh, I'm a sucker for for anthropomorphic animals, animated Uh. animals. (laughs) And like one of my favorite movies uh, when I was a little kid was Disney's Robin Hood. And so oh, yeah. I just, I just love, uh, I love that, that whole aesthetic. And I thought that they, they nailed it. But what I think was, I was most impressed about is that the, the creative team took on a really challenging topic and, uh, handled it with such finesse. It was not, it could have been so heavy handed and, and, and they could have just forced all this stuff, you know, on us all, but instead they did it with a very deft touch that I think uh, was was just so poignant and meaningful to me, and uh, that's what really pushed it over the edge as far as my top pick. I think Zootopia is just a really terrific film in all regards, and also just incredibly funny yeah. <laughs> on top, on top yeah. of it all. <laughs> uh, I would agree with all that as well. I, I... That was that was really cool that we actually got like two big films from Disney Animation that year. So yeah, something. All right, and then so Vector, your favorite uh, animated show of 2016? Yeah, so Warner Brothers and DC have a rich history of animated television that goes back to Batman the Animated Series, just on down the line from Superman to Justice League. And then all of their features that they did, and they're still doing, they, they're way ahead of Marvel on animated features. So anytime there's a new DC animated project, I'm always looking forward to it. This one was no exception. It was a different take. It was kind of a lighter tone to it. Um, not necessarily like the Teen Titans Go, but it, there was a little bit less heaviness in the air on Justice League action. Um, This was a show that only lasted two seasons, so it wasn't uh, about 52 episodes. Um, I really enjoyed Kevin Conroy's Batman, as always. All of the different um, guest stars that they had on there, Diedrich Bader, Troy Baker, Sean Astin. And overall, it's just a really good animated show. Excuse me. Okay, I can jump in on this now. So, um, since I worked at Fisher Price, the last six years, I've been directing kid toy TV commercials. And within this year, I directed the Hall of Justice um, TV spot at t- kid targeted audiences. So I can nice. confirm best TV show of 2016. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. I like getting the, this, the, the unique uh, quest perspective <laughs> or quest. <laughs> Questspective. <laughs> I'm going to stop trying to make up words. Uh, you can continue. Are you okay now, Vector? Not going to die. I don't know. He's going to die. Yeah, I don't know what. I had something in my throat there for a second, but <clears throat> yeah, that was also um, a great year for television animated as well. Very cool. Uh, how, about, how about you, Stanford? So, uh, continuing my. Uh theme of, of, of joining the party late. Uh, Star Wars Rebels is what I 
pick for 2016 because, again, I didn't join in until season two. But holy smokes, what a great! Then I just stayed with it, you know, <laughs> through, the, through through the remainder of it. And what a fantastic show! I, I just loved it. The actor explained it really well, um, which is such 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 good stuff. And and so happy with it. I think I think animated Star Wars has really delivered. As, and, yeah. and it's been, I think, overall very consistent. Uh, it was really the storytelling of Star Wars for a long time when there wasn't new movies coming out. The right. animated uh, shows were really keeping up. They were holding up the house of Star Wars. So, yeah. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and then I agree with you for, for my pick for 2016 is also season, like the tail end of season two, beginning of season three. Because uh, look. Like we've said, season two had uh, Vader in there for a bit of time. Um, Soka joined in season two as well. Um, these characters also, too, like Vector had said, or have like gone on to be like in the Bad Batch, uh, where like Ahsoka is going to be getting her own live action TV series this year after she uh, debuted in uh, the, Man the Mandalorian season two. And also, Ahsoka almost seems like it's essentially like a live action continuation of. Star Wars Rebels, because, um, uh, like, some of the footage that is kind of, like, leaked online from it, like, shows, like, the mural from Rebels in there, too. Uh, so it'll be cool to, to see uh, kind of, like, the the interpretation of these characters uh, done by, uh, like, the actors that are going to be inhabiting the roles in live action now. Uh, but, yeah, I, I Star Wars Rebels, I think, is definitely one of my favorite Star Wars animated series as well, too. Uh, and it's uh, right up there just like with Star Wars in general for stuff that I've, I've liked. So definitely one of the, the best TV animated series of 2016. All right. And then back to Vactor for 2017's film. Yes, 2017. Another emotional year in the theater for me because I got a chance to see Coco in theaters with uh, now, my wife is Latina, so we went with my wife, my wife's sister, and my wife's mother. And again, there was not a dry eye in our theater for Coco. This was uh, very deeply emotional for them, and so I was experiencing it through their eyes of um, growing up in Mexico and uh, the the Latin culture and the music, how much it's important to them. The, the day of the dead ceremony, all of those things were, and it's it just a great story again. Like even if I wasn't, if it, if I didn't have family ties to it, I think just the story and the music alone made Coco my favorite film of that year. Stanford. Hey, following factors, excellent lead again. It's Coco for me. That film is so beautiful. The animation is so stunning. And just as Vatra's saying, it just really comes down to that tender story. Um, I re 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 watched Coco a couple weeks ago, and just every time I just bawl, you know. Uh, and it's, it's so emotional, so, so, um, such a satisfying film, such a, such a beautiful film. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just I, I I respect it so much. So yep, top top movie for me of 2017. 
Yeah, it's also my favorite animated movie of uh, 2017 as well. Uh, and I actually remember um, that year when we went, um, that, like when we went to Pixar, like they still had all like the, the Coco um, kind of like decorations around like the atrium and whatnot. And uh, while we were walking around there, like Lee Andrich, uh, Lee Ungrich was just walking around. It was kind of cool. Um, but the other, the art for that film, like both like the concept art, that's always my favorite thing with like the animated films too, is both like the concept art books. Uh, just because it, like the films themselves are always like visually and uh, breathtaking uh, for the art that's done for them. But it's, then it's also cool to see uh, like this different medium for art within those art of books for like the concepts of stuff that maybe didn't make it into the movie or like different artist renditions or takes on different characters maybe that we didn't see or like scenes that uh, evolved into something else. So it's cool to see like some of the stuff like larger than life, like up on the walls in Pixar, but then uh, just like that movie too is like so uh, vibrant with like all the different colors in there too. And you almost think like, uh, like a movie um, like about like the dead, or even like the, the like the day of the dead might not be that colorful, but it was done really well, and I think still one of uh, Pixar's best movies like in the past five to ten years or so. All right, and then the next thing we're going to be talking about the TV show for twenty seventeen. Rick and Morty uh, currently is going through a little bit of rough times at the moment but back in 2017 it could do no wrong season three aired in 2017 and this one is special because it is the pickle rick season and the pickle rick episode was kind of i think pickle rick and the szechuan sauce were the two things that i remember really taking hold in pop culture like people who weren't even watching the show were talking about Pickle Rick. And I saw Pickle Rick everywhere on every type of merchandise that you can think of. So they had been great since season one. There wasn't a bad season to me of Rick and Morty, but season three stands out in particular because of that Pickle Rick uh, episode. And, and it's just a concept is funny of this mad scientist who turns himself into a pickle. That's the whole joke. That's the gag. He turns himself into a pickle. <laughs> Um, so I, I always love Rick and Morty just for the, uh, the science aspect of it, the, the humor of it. And, yeah. um, season three was hitting on all cylinders. Uh, how about, how about you Stanford? Well, not that I'm trying to congratulate myself really, but I actually started watching the DuckTales, uh, revival. During season one. Nice. I think I might have said no. <laughs> it, it was a TV miracle. Nice. And uh, that, uh, I thought that was a fun, I thought that was a fun revival of that show. I mean, I really liked that show, you know, when I was younger. Yeah. But uh, this, uh, I, thought, I thought they did a really nice job. I thought the animation style was cool. And uh, I, I liked, uh, I liked the more episodic nature, uh, the connected, you know, story story arcs and and uh uh anyway thought they did i thought they did a really nice job with that and i started nice. watching it when it started so <laughs> i didn't have to like catch up or binge nice. I was... 
Yeah, I, I also picked uh, DuckTales Season 1 for that season, or, yeah, for that year. Although, I kind of picked that retroactively, because I didn't start watching that until, like, after it had ended. Uh, but I know Season oh, wow. end, season 1 started that year, so retroactively, that's why I chose it. Um, but, I yeah, the David Tennant doing the voice of Uncle Scrooge in that. That show is almost kind of Seriously, like a weird, yeah. uh, in, a, in a weird way, um, like a Doctor Who... Yes. Uh, reunion with like <laughs> like Catherine Tate like doing voices in the show too. So, um, and like David Tennant's like a, like an another perfect voice to do Scrooge Scrooge on that show too. Um, so, and like you're saying, I liked the like the serialized nature of how they did that on that the revival of of it as well. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that that first season of Ducktales too. All right, and now we are getting to 2018 for a film, uh, which I'm pretty sure all of us chose the same thing yeah. for 2018 as I think well. We did. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'll let you go first, Patrick, since you're wearing the shirt. Yes, Into the Spider-Verse. I've been a huge Spider-Man fan my entire life, and this introduce a new Spider-Man into, I think, popular culture because Miles Morales had been in the comics um, going back to the Ultimate Universe, but he had never gotten um, a huge push. I think he had been in the Ultimate uh, Spider-Man cartoon show with Drake Bell, and that was really the only other time we'd seen him in popular culture. Yeah, Donald Glover was kind of almost like an inspiration uh, for that character, so it's cool that he got to voice him. But this movie, when it was coming out, I remember seeing the teaser in the theater. And I said, number one, this movie is going to be amazing. But number two, it's going to really vault Miles Morales into the popular culture. And that's what it did. This and the Spider-Man video game, the PlayStation game, where everyone has known Peter Parker since the 60s. Miles Morales was just created in the 2010s. And he's just a completely different take on the character but also proving what the the motto of the movie, anyone can wear the mask. He's half African-American, half Latino. And it just, he's a fantastic character. The movie changes his origins a little bit and changes a little bit about him from the comics, but all the changes are, are welcomed. The animation style, like I talked about a little bit earlier, is kind of revolutionary that it feels like a comic book come to life. And, I have watched this movie so many times. It is, I think, a perfect movie to me. The storytelling, the character development, and we t- and I said the animation itself, it just looks visually like nothing. And I think this is one of those things where it is influential to the point where other movies are starting to look like this movie. And I think that the – I haven't seen that Puss in Boots the last wish yet, but I just saw in the trailer, some of the animation looked very similar. And I was like, Oh man, this is very into the spider verse esque. So I think that's just the highest form of, you know, flattery is, is the highest compliment. So many things I think are going to be influenced by into the spider verse. And I cannot wait for the sequel across the spider verse, as I talked about earlier, but from the voice acting to the storytelling animation, everything about this movie is perfect into the spider verse my number one favorite film of 2018. Very nice. Uh, how about you, Stanford? You know, continuing the theme, I picked the same thing. 
uh, Into the Spider Verse is so good. Uh, I uh, just as you know, as as Vacker expertly said, the uh, the animation style is so interesting, and yeah, now it's starting to be imitated. Uh, and and thank goodness because it's so it's it's really so wonderful I think to look at and just to just to enjoy and uh, I love the creative decisions that were made with this film I I would concur I it's a perfect film and how about you Matt I agree amazing Spider Verse is absolutely amazing I think I referenced it in at work when it came out and i also teach night classes and like we talked about it you know in my night classes um but like i said i'm doing something a little different with my movie choices so the year of jurassic world fallen kingdom that was 2018 that movie animated vfx i worked on the walking endoraptor tv kid tv commercial and a little fun anecdote about that the, when that movie was coming out, that toy was so secret that they sent us like little to no concept artwork for like, you know, the environment that we're going to film this in because it was like a fantasy set. We built the iconic nice. Jurassic Park gates and we filmed the whole commercial. And when we sent the rough cut to, you know, the Jurassic team, they're like, oh, no, no, the dinosaur is on the mainland, not the island. You got to reshoot this entire TV commercial. And we <laughs> scrapped an entire shoot and we had to refilm the whole thing again with like pine trees instead of like palms. And we had to tear out the entire Jurassic Park like gate and like they were all like handmade too. So oh, I feel wow. bad for our set oh, designer because she was just like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah, that almost feels like they should have shared at least that tiny little bit of info <laughs> yeah right i mean they shared, but, shared like a yeah. blurry photo of a castle in like woods i'm like exactly <laughs> so yeah that was that was fun not fun that we did it twice but nice. cool we got to work no. <laughs> yeah yeah um and then i also agree with uh the the choice of uh spider-man into the spider-verse uh that was definitely my favorite film that year uh, i think i saw that movie in theaters like five times and that's not including, um, like a cut of I, I saw of it before it came out in theaters. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking for, like we've all already said, looking forward to the the sequel for that. And uh, like like you said as well, to the vector with like how it's influenced a few other films. Stanford, I t- talked about that a bit in our Puss in Boots uh, review. Is like talking about like how some of the stuff was shot, so it looked like it was on twos rather than fours in there too. Um, and then like, they even did that in like the, the Miles Morales video game where they had, where you could use like the animated version, uh, from the movie in there too. So I am very much looking forward to, uh, the sequel, uh, for it. And just overall being a Spider-Man fan, I mean, that is definitely, there's been so many good Spider-Man movies the past few years that it's kind of almost hard to choose like what are like the top three anymore because they kind of all like fluctuate from time to time so like some sometimes into the spider versus the top one sometimes the 2004 spider-man 2 is still the top one and then a couple years ago no way home so like those kind of like kind of 
live in like a, a cloud where they move around from time to time. Uh, but moving on from the, the 2018 movies to 2018 TV shows, uh, what was your favorite for that year, Factor? So that was the ending of Dragon Ball Super's television run. Now, it's still going on in the manga, but uh, and they actually just had a, a movie, a sequel movie that just came out last year. But the end of the actual television run was 2018. So that was my pick for favorite. Again, going back to my family has Japanese heritage and... I grew up in Japan. I, I lived in Japan for many years and Dragon Ball was a huge thing for me. And it was specifically the art that I was drawn to first because when I first got a hold of Dragon Ball, it was not in English. It was in Japanese and I don't speak Japanese except for a few phrases here or there. So I had to kind of make up my own uh, storyline. And then later on, years later, actually when I was in college, when they actually finally got around to translating it, I was like, this story is nothing like the one that I had created in my mind. So now I got a whole new story. I get to experience it again, all new ways. But Dragon Ball Super was the revival that they had. They brought it back after many years being away. So it was a lot of modern uh, animation techniques, looked a lot better, you know, widescreen, HD, modern aspects of animation. And it just continued the story more action uh more it's it's like a superhero uh show basically everybody has superpowers everybody's fighting and i just love it so dragon ball super ended its run in television but they continue on in movies and in manga but 2018 was the final year of the television show nice and then uh let's go with stanford next back to my old behaviors <laughs> so uh i think bojack horseman which happened to be in season five when i started you know i had read good things about it and i think one night finally i had insomnia and i couldn't sleep and so i just started watching it on netflix and then i just got hooked um i had just been binge watched it it's such a weird show but i i felt that it was such an interesting combination of humor and also just kind of sadness or, or you know, or pathos. Uh, anyway, I, um, uh, it's, it's a show that I've liked. And again, hope you guys will still talk to me that I never <laughs> watch these shows <laughs> years after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, if you watch it, whenever you're going to watch it, cause there's, there's so much stuff that's on, Nowadays, like, oh yeah, whenever you find the time to to watch whatever you want to watch, that's oh. completely fine. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that you still talk to me. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, and then I know Matt has actually a lot for for 2018, so I'll let him go before I go with mine. Okay, so like I said, it's different. I'm going to give you the projects I worked on based on animated series from 2018, and those were, this is where I really started getting into a lot of different brands, um, directing toys, commercials, but I worked on um, a Batman mobile command center. I directed the TV nice. commercial for that. I worked on the Bat Cave. I directed the Battle Bat Cave. I also worked on Blaze and the Monster Machines, the Axel City playset, um, and I worked on Sunny Day. Nice. Girly kind of 
animated cartoon show. So nice. So those are the ones for 2018 brands based off of animated shows I worked on. That's cool. I think yeah, I just think in general that you're working in animation is cool. So and, I'm getting to do, like, it's, it's based off stuff. animation now because it's like I shoot all live action, yeah. but it's all based off of animated shows, mm. which is kind of cool. But and actually, in some of the commercials too, we have clips from the show. So if you look, if you go in like Google, like YouTube, um, you'll see like there's animated clips that we've cut into the commercials that I direct now. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and then for me for 2018, it was the uh, final season of Adventure Time, uh, which afterwards they kind of. It was it wasn't exactly like a continuation. Continuation. It was um, kind of like little, like vignette, like stories afterwards for the Adventure Time Distant Lands. But with that final season of like the actual episodic TV show in 2018, um, I always enjoyed watching this show. Like, like it was it was actually like one like one of the, the rare like animated shows like me, my wife, and my son like watched together. Uh, and like one of the things I had called it at one point was like, it was the smartest dumb show where it's like, it told very silly, uh, very dumb things sometimes, but like in a very smart and clever way. And then on the, the flip side of that, there'd be like some episodes that were like very poignant, very like heartfelt, uh, and just like touching and whatnot for like whatever the story was. So th that, that show was like a, an interesting just a show, just like in the dichotomy of like how it told the stories, both whether like it'd be Jake, the dog farting at something in like Finn's pocket or to like Finn and Jake dealing with like existential, like life uh, situations in the show. So th that was one of the reasons I really liked adventure time a lot. Uh, but going from 2018's films and TV shows to 2019's films and TV shows, uh, back to what was your favorite film of 2019? The end of the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy, The Hidden World, so the third movie in the How to Train Your Dragon series, um, ending the, the story that was set up in the very first film, I was a huge How to Train Your Dragon fan. When that first came out, that movie was... I think the same year as Avatar, now that I think about it, because I remember the flying sequences comparing Avatar oh. to How to Train Your Dragon, and it just was captivating to me. So it was fun to see how the character models had aged over the years, because I watched the first two right before I watched the third one in the theater, just kind of seeing how they evolved. And it was just a great cap to that whole trilogy. So this one is almost like a... um a lifetime achievement award. I'm giving this one to how to train your dragon, the hidden world, but it's really the whole franchise, not that whole trilogy in particular that I really love. So um, DreamWorks, that's probably my favorite DreamWorks franchise. And the third one, the hidden world came out in 2019. So just a, a good finisher to that trilogy. Nice. Uh, and then what about you, Stanford? So, uh, well, I agree with Vactor that the, the How to Train Your Dragon uh, 
trilogy is just terrific at dream or at dreamworks um i uh picked pixar uh again being the pixar nut that i am uh, i picked toy story 4 you know when toy story 4 was announced i just i think i remember just rolling my eyes just like really like that's the last thing we need because <laughs> toy story 3 just it was ended so perfectly you know there was yes. just yeah. such a perfect emotional ending to that story and I just thought, what are they doing? You know, but um, then well, I saw the film and just, I just, just totally forgot all, all my bad feelings. And I just absolutely loved it. Uh, thought it was such an interesting, almost a coda to, to the, uh, you know, to the, to the trilogy and such, such satisfying conclusion to Woody's story. Um, yeah. I just, it really worked for me. So, so yeah, Toy Story 4 was, was, was my pick for 2019. Yeah, I think it was yours too, right, Matt? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this is the last movie I saw in theaters. <laughs> like, like <laughs> oh, seriously, because like, I'm so busy, COVID hit, and I think um, when Toy Story 4 came out, um, you know, I work for Mattel Fisher-Price, so, you know, we were involved in the movie a little bit with the toys, and uh, they took our entire... Uh, company to and rented out an entire movie theater and we watched it together um nice together yeah it wasn't a dry eye in the place but you know me coming from the yeah you know the artistic aspect of it comparing you know toy story one to toy story four the detail the rendering just the you know the lighting and all how far we've come from that to Toy Story Four, just like the fuzz on fabric and the textures, it's it's incredible, just absolutely incredible. Yes. So yeah, definitely my pick for 2019 as well. Nice. Uh, so mine went a little bit different for 2019. For my film for that year, I I enjoyed Toy Story Four a lot, and I also enjoyed uh, How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World a lot that year, um, but kind of went with the i guess the like the dark horse <laughs> or of that year which would have been like Leica's missing link um which i don't know what it is about Leica's films but i i just connect with them a lot whenever they've they put anything out i really enjoyed that one too with like zach alfanakis as a bigfoot uh aka susan in that movie uh i liked hugh jackman in that film as well uh i Sam Hayek, I, I just really enjoyed Missing Link a lot. And it's kind of a bummer because of like the, the last few like films have kind of had like diminishing box office returns. Uh, so I'm hoping like with that Wildwood film, like that's able to do really well later this year when it comes out. But I just, again, like with everything that like Leica does for their films with this one, like they travel a whole different bunch of places over the, the globe in the movie. So they had to create like all these different environments that are all handmade, uh, all the costumes and everything for it. So I'm just always, again, like I've said about like Kubo or uh, anything else they've made, I'm always impressed with what goes into like the costume design and the set design and production design that they put into each of these movies. And they all, you can tell they're all made by the same studio, but they don't, all look like the same movie. Uh, so I like that about that as well, too. So uh, my favorite animated film of 2019 was Missing Link. So uh, from that, what 
was everyone's favorite TV show of 2019, starting with Factor? Harley Quinn on HBO Max um, absolutely blew me away. I, I already, you know, I talked about DC and Warner Brothers animation earlier, but this one was a completely different path. Um, it's Batman, but all of the characters are not like you would know them from the comics or like from the previous DC animated. And even Harley Quinn's voice, Kaylee Cuoco, it just, it was just a completely different take on the material. And the writing is what really uh, holds this one up for me. All of the jokes are just hilarious. There's never an episode that I don't laugh uh, from start to finish. It's just the, the writing is fantastic on Harley Quinn and I thought I wasn't going to like the first episode when I watched it, I was like, oh, wait a minute. There's uh, adult language in this just right off the bat to tell you this is not it's kind of like that Velma show that, that the same way Into the Spider-Verse kind of influenced, I think, a lot of animated. I think this Harley Quinn show is also a little bit influential for taking a known property, a respected animated property and then kind of flipping it on its head and changing it and i think harley quinn is very successful i don't think velma is as successful so a hundred percent in 2019 that was my favorite animated tv show harley quinn nice uh that one uh was also my favorite of that year as well too and i agree with everything you said on there we got alan tudyk doing two different voices in the show between uh, the Joker and Clayface. And yes. every single time I watch the show, Clayface, I think, steals most of the scenes that he's in. If they just did yes. a spinoff series uh, with Alan Tudyk <laughs> as Clayface, I would just watch that, too. Um, yes. Um, we have, we've, we've probably, and we've already talked about a bunch of different stuff that Alan Tudyk was in between all these Disney animated movies that we've talked about as well, too. So, Alan Tudyk is definitely uh, a highlight of the series. Uh, and uh, like you said, I would agree with everything you put in there. That's another one of those shows that's, I, I would comment on the same way as uh, Adventure Time, where it's like a smart, dumb show. Uh, and I also like how they are able to poke fun at like different stuff in that show, like, like the Snyder Cut bros uh, and uh, like people that, want like the last Jedi to not be canon and stuff in that too. So I like how they're able to touch on some of these things in, in the show as well too. So uh, I would agree with your, your pick for, for 2019 for TV show. Uh, how about you, Sanford? So I'm keeping with my toy story Four theme. I picked uh, Forky asked a question, <laughs> which is that kind of micro series. I don't even call it as, you know, mm -hmm. uh, on, uh, on Disney plus those were, I thought so funny. So brilliantly written, beautifully animated, super short. I mean, aren't they all about three minutes? Yeah. Each? Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I thought they were hilarious, highly rewatchable, and just really, really fun. So, so I picked, I picked Forky, Forky asks a question. I think, and I think, wasn't it a, like an original, one of the yeah. first yeah. shows on Disney Plus mm -hmm. too? I mean, the first, yeah. So it I was wanna, on on, on uh, opening day or whatever you call it. I want to say it won an Emmy, too. <laughs> like, I I wanna, yeah. I'm pretty sure it did. 
but whenever I read the title to, the, to that in my head, I, I have to read it the same way that they say it in opening the show. The Farky asks his question. Yes. It's just like the, the very specific <laughs> way that it's said. Yes. That's great. Is that your favorite too, Matt? Them. It, it was, yes. Porky asked question, which is a big one around here. But also, something that I worked on in 2019 was Rescue Heroes. Do you guys remember Rescue Heroes? It aired like 20, yeah. it was 1999. I think it first started airing. And then it stopped. And in 2019, Fisher Price tried to bring it back. So they created Ooh. additional, like new updated episodes of Rus Rescue Heroes. And it oh, didn't wow. do too well. So when we were trying to sell the toy, um, you know, they had done all the big budget TV commercials. And at the last minute, they were like, oh, you know, we did this commercial on the fire truck, but we didn't do like a uh, spot with all the characters. So at the like within two weeks, I had to scramble and I directed the TV commercial with all the rescue hero characters like live action. And it was like you know, in the woods and things like that. We literally went out back behind some trees at Fisher Price and we're filming this thing in the dirt and in the rocks and everything. And I'm pretty sure that it never aired. <laughs> so, oh, man. yeah, oh. they, I don't think it didn't do too well. And, uh, yeah, we, we, yep. All right. Back to where it went. <laughs> um, and then, so from there, let's, I guess, from that, go to 2020. Um, so for the 2020 film that you picked, Factor. Well, I think I'm going to be the only one to talk about Pixar's Soul. Uh, this was a movie that I thought should have been released in the theater, but it was during the pandemic, during the um, the first year of the pandemic, and they released it straight to Disney+. Plus. Jamie Foxx as the main character, along with Tina Fey, this also felt like in the same vein of Inside Out and Elemental, where they have that, the personification side of it. There's the human side, but then there's also that personification of, of an element or of something. And both of those storylines going at the same time, I just loved Soul from start to finish of existentialism, like just these heavy issues but at the same time, the same way Pixar always does, there's things for children, there's things for adults. Um, also love jazz music. So having that as a backdrop for a lot of this, I just really enjoyed Soul. Uh, Stanford? Well, you're not alone, Vactor, because that's my pick too. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I thought Soul was fantastic, and I'm with you. I, I lament not being able to have seen it on the big screen. I hope someday, you know, we get to do that. But uh, what an interesting film, uh, you know, just the whole um, uh, kind of these two worlds that that, that uh, it did. And, of course, all expertly created by the, you know, the, the magicians at Pixar. Uh, I just I, I just thought it was a, an absolutely fantastic film. I loved I loved the music because. I love that the jazz music in the real world. And then uh, the other music done by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross was so ethereal and um, wonderful. 
So again, and and I, I just hit all the right those right you know the right notes, but just like story notes, you know, in that not including musical notes, but that uh, uh, that's just so meaningful that uh, that that you can apply to your own life. And uh, anyway, great great stuff. Love 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 soul. I would I would agree with everything about soul, uh, and also add in like. I, I just remember like seeing the, the trailers for that and being like, all right, I'm going to identify with at least a few elements of this movie just with, uh, just with how, like how his character like wants this like certain career so bad. He feels like stuck in this other part of his, uh, like this like thing that he can't move past. And then it's not a spoiler cause it's in the, the trailer, but that like he finally gets, to where he wanted to be all this time and then dies. Uh, and then what goes from there. And like, like y'all both said, like with dealing with like the different, like existential stuff about finding what like matters, like within your life and, um, and how like Pixar movies usually do like with teaching you different elements of things that go on in life, whether you're a toy or an emotion or a bug or whatever else, whatever other inanimate objects have been <laughs> in Pixar movies uh, that have been brought to life. Uh, yeah, I just, I enjoyed that again. And lo- like, like you said too, I kind of hope that some of the, the Pixar movies that got released uh, straight to Disney plus uh, during like the height of the pandemic do eventually get uh, maybe like, theater re-releases i mean unless you were lucky enough to like live near el capitan theater in los angeles you didn't get to see soul in the theater or luca or turning red or most of the the movie or or, yeah like so yeah hopefully in the future some of these get uh like either maybe like anniversary releases or, or something uh but matt did you see soul i did I mean, 2020 was a stressful time, but Soul, I think, was the one movie yeah. that, you know, it, like I said, it went out straight to Disney Plus, so I saw it immediately, you know? Amazing. Nice. Great movie. Uh, and then from there, the TV shows of 2020, what was uh, your top TV show of 2020, Vector? Close Enough is J.G. Quintel's follow-up to Regular Show. If anyone watched Regular Show on... Cartoon Network. That was a fantastic show and close enough hits home for me because it's about a couple with a married couple with a young child. And so this one, it was airing right around the time that my wife was giving birth to our son. And it just, the things that I never thought about before being a parent, and dealing with a young child, now they're starting to resonate with me in television and movies. So Close Enough is a fantastic comedy series looking at that and uh, the just the humor in having a young child dealing with that and then also being kind of a young married couple in their early 30s. And I really, it, it's it was saddening to me that it only lasted three seasons before it got canceled. Um, just, and that was the whole HBO max canceling a, a whole bunch of stuff, but I really liked close enough. And that first season in particular, like Matt said, it was during that pandemic time of 
you're looking for comfort in our entertainment and close enough was the one that for me was very comforting in that time. Nice. Uh, how about you Stanford? So um, I picked central park uh, that's on Apple TV plus. So, you know, I'm a Bob's burgers fan. And so when I saw that this new show was coming out on Apple TV, I started watching it. I just really enjoyed it. I'm also, uh, I'm a sucker for musicals. So here we've got to say animated musical series. And then the cast is so good. You know, there's yeah. Davi Diggs and Josh Gad, and Catherine Hahn and Stanley Tucci. I mean, it goes on Leslie Odom Jr. It's just uh, so absolutely fantastic and a very talented cast. Funny, you know, funny storytelling, kind of the quirky animation that you get from from uh, the Bob's Burgers team. And anyway, I, 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 I've gotten a kick out of Central Park. Nice. Uh my 2020 pick uh, was the season four of Rick and Morty. Again, to like kind of what you guys said with kind of watching stuff to like basically like veg out and not kind of like think about what was going on that, that year. That was like another season that was good at that. That was the season that had Taika Waititi on the show uh, kind of as Rick's assistant. Um, that, that was also the one that had had that whole kind of like D&D uh, like dragon episode. Oh, yes, yes. Too. That was a great episode. Yeah, um, there's. It also had like, again, like, like smart shows about dumb things with uh, like Rick, um, with like the old man in the sea episode with like him like not wanting to like basically poop in public. So it was like a whole episode (laughs) about that. So yeah, like another uh, great season of that show that I I thoroughly enjoyed. That was a good Um, season. Yes, and then how about you, Matt? So. 2020 for me, like the two properties that I worked on, um, Storybots and Thomas and Friends. So I worked on a couple of Storybots TV commercials and the creators of Storybots were supposed to come to the Fisher Price campus here in Buffalo. And because of COVID, they did not. And they have never come back. And I was so sad because mm. I was like almost there to meet them and talk to them. And it just never happened. But um so yeah, I worked on Storybots, a couple of TV commercials for them. And then the big one, which is my my career now, is Thomas and Friends. And this is like the animated episode episodes for Thomas and Friends. This is when they stopped with the old style. So like the, you know, the non-cartoony looking faces, which is in the new All Engines Go series. I'm sure you guys have seen that. Um but this was the last season and I worked on a ton of toys from that on that in that year. So there was like one episode with the walking bridge and it's like this inventor created the walking bridge in the cartoon and they actually built it into a toy and it was amazing. And I got to nice. direct um, the TV commercial for that. There was a bunch of other um, toys that came out that year for Thomas and friends, but that year was the end of, of the, like I said, the old style of Thomas and Friends, and then they created All Engines Go, which is the new cartoony, um, you know, fun, uh, updated, you know, Thomas. And a lot of people don't like it, you know, you know, the hardcore Thomas fans. But that gap year between, like, starting in 2020 to like when All Engines Go came out, I was assigned to start creating a live action Thomas web series. 
and that's called Watch Out Thomas. So if you look at the Thomas and Friends YouTube channel, I have directed four seasons now of this, um, which was supposed to be one season just to fill in the gap between those two animated series. And it has done so well that every year they just keep asking for more. So nice. I'm currently on the All Engines Go um, you know, trains and the they're outperforming every single piece of content on the Thomas and Friends YouTube channel. And they're starting to put together compilations and it's great because whenever I'm making dinner at night, I flip on the compilation video like thirty minutes long. Kids just watch it and like, Oh, I see that. Yeah, I have that. So it's cool. It's fun. Nice. And uh, that's like what I'm working on still to this day. Like tomorrow I have to go in the office. I have two days of straight filming for another watch out Thomas um, episode. So that's kind nice. of my little 2020 Thomas and friends animated series TV show, which maybe we should start opening up web category two after this. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool, yeah. man. I so check them out. Um, there's going to be new episodes dropping soon. If you watch on the channel, they started calling them weird things like uh, curious cargo or daring deliveries. So, but you'll know anything right. live action that gets dropped on the Thomas and friends YouTube channel. I've directed, I've written and edited all that. So nice. check it out. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely have to, once we're done recording this, but I'll have you send me links to all this stuff because I'll put it in the show notes. People can definitely check everything out. Before we'll do. All right. And then, so with that, uh, moving from 2020 into 2021 uh, for film, uh, what was your favorite film of 2021, Factor? Disney's Encanto, which is... It has a lot of similarities for me with Coco, a lot of vibrant colors, uh, Latin heritage, a connection there with my family. But with Encanto, it's really all about the music and Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think that, you know, the, the Bruno song went viral and kind of took popular culture by storm. Same way with like the Let It Go song from Frozen. And I think, that's the story for Encanto. Just another really good family story, but the music tied everything together. And I also had a chance to see the Encanto at the Hollywood Bowl that's on Disney nice. Plus. And that oh, cool. Yeah, I haven't watched very, that yet. Yeah, it's very good uh, live action. I've been to the Hollywood Bowl before. I saw John Williams perform there. And so it felt like I was back there and uh, a lot of um, nostalgia for me. So Encanto. Also, my son is of that age where he's singing, like he's, you know, watching it every day. Uh, it's basically between Encanto and Cars that he's going back and forth <laughs> literally every day. So I've I've heard the songs at least a thousand times. Um, so, yeah, Encanto was, was my favorite film. Uh, that was also mine for 2021. So um, just kind of going off everything that you said, I, I agree with everything about that. And uh I really enjoyed all the music in Encanto. Uh, I think my uh, my favorite song from that one. So, like, like you said, the like the one that kind of gets like all the like the hype surrounding and everything was like we don't talk about Bruno in that. But I really enjoyed um, what was it the the Surface Pressure song uh, 
that Jessica Darro sings in the movie. Uh, that one was my favorite song of the movie. Uh, but again, like you said, all the animation for that film, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Encanto was great. Um, like he, like he said with the the Hollywood. I have to watch that. Um, yeah, I, I want to watch that too. And it has the cast, so it's um, John oh, Lake, yeah, playing like their parts too. Yeah, John Lake was almost the only one that wasn't there. So yeah, highly recommend. Well, it's because nobody can talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, so uh, what about you, Stanford? So, uh, I loved Encanto. I didn't pick it as my as my first choice, but I I thought it was just absolutely terrific. Uh, I picked Pixar's Luca. You know, uh, same thing as we've talked about, straight to Disney Plus, which is a bummer. I would have loved to see it on the big screen. It, it had a soft spot for me. I lived in Italy for a while during my college years, nice. and I just thought that well, clearly it's directed by uh, Enrico. Casarosa, who is of Italian descent, and and it just captured. Even though, hello, I never encountered any sea serpents that I'm aware of, or sea <laughs> creatures, you know, that I'm aware of, disguised as humans. Maybe I did, no, but uh, I just thought they captured the Italian way of life, and and it just felt like a a fun summer trip to Italy, you know, watching the, watching this movie. Um, I just, I just got a kick out of it. And, uh, again, just the gorgeous Pixar animation really enjoyed the, just the story and the relationships and, 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 and just again, a, a fun visit, a fun visit to Italy for, for me. So, so, uh, that's what inched Luca out for, for me. Otherwise I probably would have picked a condo too. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I'm, what about you, Matt? So for 2021, um, that's what we're on, right? Yes. Um, yes. So Thomas and Friends, the All Engine Goes new series, created a movie called Race for the Soda Cup on Netflix. Came out straight to Netflix. And I produced a three-part miniseries of that Watch Out Thomas series. And that was released... I think it was early 2022. I'm not sure, though. But I worked on it in 2021. And each of those episodes got over 2.5 million views each. So, like, we started releasing them. And it was just like, oh, my God. Like, people love this. You know, they just, kids love this. Just, you know, play, kid toy train play. Um, So, yeah, that was my movie that I worked on, like, kind of worked on (laughs) for 2021. Also, sorry about that playing. I didn't realize that was my phone playing the music. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize it was my. It must hey. like Siri must have heard me like say two different words know. and was like, "Oh, oh, you want you want me to play the music from the the movie?" I was like, "Is that playing from somebody else's side?" And because it sounded like it was coming through my headphone, but yeah. So sorry about the encounter music playing over. Stand for talking about Luca and and Matt talking about his work as well. Hey, it's all good. It's twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, right or twenty twenty yeah. one. Oh man, yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> well, 
that threw me off now. Um, so from that, for the TV shows for 2021. I picked Modoc on Hulu, and this is a stop-motion animation show where Pat Oswalt plays Modoc, And Modoc is a character that is really crazy from Marvel Comics. He hasn't got a whole lot of mainstream love, but amongst comic fans, he's kind of known as being this crazy villain who is 90% his giant head, and then he's got tiny limbs. But he's just known as being this evil guy. And, and this is very similar to Harley Quinn, where they take everything and turn it on its head for comedic purposes and is just playing fast and loose with a lot of these interpretations of the characters. So I, I love Patton Oswald. I loved Modoc, and we're going to be seeing Modoc in live action coming up in the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania movie. Oh, yes. Uh, and then what about you, Stanford? <laughs> so uh, I picked Star Wars Visions. I thought that I was so taken by that series where Lucasfilm, you know, reached out to some uh, Japanese anime uh, studios and they created just these interesting original Star Wars stories. So I, you know, I, I as I mentioned, I really I love animated Star Wars. I mean, I just love Star Wars, yeah. but, but uh, this was such a unique and fresh take on it. I was just really, just take, you know, really taken by them. Just, staring at the TV, just in, in awe of, of uh, the interesting storytelling and the beautiful animation. Uh, really, really great experience. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there's a season two coming, isn't there? Is yes. that, isn't that right? So I'm st happy for that and like bring yeah. it on. Can't wait. That one will be a slightly different just because they opened it up to be like different animation styles from around the entire world. For Rather that one. world, so like right? Rather than just specifically Japan. Yeah, so it'll be like French animation and Irish animation amongst interesting. Okay, other places on the planet. Uh, but yeah, Vector and I talked about that in an episode of Hold that we talked about that first season of Visions too. Um, so yeah, that's that was pretty good. It, it wasn't my favorite that year, uh, but my of twenty twenty one was um, Marvel Studios What If animated series they did in twenty twenty one with like the different. So basically like all some of the stories we already had known from like the past 12 plus years of the MCU kind of like turned on their head in some cases with like uh, T'Challa, Star-Lord in one of the episodes um, and the Marvel zombies in a different episode, the only episode that had, that had Spider-Man. <laughs> um, uh, I think yeah, there's a bunch of episodes in that, 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 that I liked a lot. There's the Captain Carter episode that I thought was pretty good. Uh, just overall, I kind of I, I like that idea of that show. There's going to be another season of that as well, too, with um, some other stories being redone. I liked the kind of Guardians of the Multiverse uh, kind of conjunction there at the end of that season. Uh, and I just I like the animation style that was done for that, too, is kind of uh, like Norman. It's like kind of based off like Norman Rockwell-esque uh americana art in a way uh and i know like they originally had wanted the like each episode to be done like in a different animation style to even make it feel even more different for the different 
universes each character is supposed to kind of be from within the multiverse. Um, but I guess that ended up being like a budget thing. But yeah, that was that was my favorite animated series of 2021 on, on Disney+. And then, Matt, what was yours? Uh, so 2021, I worked on Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous. Um, we nice. had a toy line that every year since, like, you know, last, probably 2016, we've done a Jurassic Park uh, toy line. So I've been directing at least one every single year. And this one was the Camp Cretaceous line of dinosaurs. And I remember the uh our set designer she built us like a it's like a slime like water for one of the water dinosaurs that was on this like really detailed set and uh i remember the day after we shot the tv commercial i took all the characters from that movie and i placed them in precarious positions in like the slime water and the next morning when we all came in to look at them they were like half dead like arms and legs just huh. sticking out of the water it was hilarious <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah it was just another brand that year that i worked on and uh i, I you know i couldn't get into the series because I have to be like cautious because I have younger kids on like what I watch around the All house. Right. And I know like like kids are getting eaten in this show. So like hmm. Oh yeah. Like I had I ended up me and my son ended up like binging the first season of it. And like watching it, I was like, this is actually like like this is like in line with almost like like what happens in the movies as far as like dinosaur violence. So it is, it's, and I think it was actually really well written too for that because I haven't watched past that season yet. But because like, they released them so quickly, like, like I remember we watched that, and they're like season two is out like three months yeah. later, and then like they've already had like the fifth and final season of it. So, but yeah, yeah, I can definitely hear what you're saying violent. about like, yeah, might you might have to wait until like your I guess it's depend on whoever's kid, but like. Like if they're eight or nine, maybe it's closer to like that kind of like age range for kids. Uh, but so heading into our, our last year of films, what was your favorite film of last year, 2022, Vector? Beavis and Butthead do the universe. This was a, a long hiatus for Beavis and Butthead where they oh, yeah. had not been on the air, but they came back with not only uh, this movie, but also another season of their television show, both straight to Paramount Plus. And I was a huge Beavis and Butthead fan as a kid. So this was just nostalgia. I thought they didn't miss a beat. It's exactly like it was before, just updated animation. And I thought it was fantastic. Straight to Paramount Plus, like I said. And it's one of the few things that I actually found useful on Paramount Plus was Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Nice. And then what about you, Stanford? So the actor, I watched Beavis and Butthead do the universe, and it was so funny. <laughs> 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 I'm a Beavis and Butthead fan, too. Yeah. And so... And I'm with you. That's probably like the only thing that I really enjoyed on Paramount Plus. <laughs> I haven't really found my way yet with that. Uh, but anyway, um, I... I did not pick that film, but it's not because I didn't like it. It was, it was hilarious. Uh, I, for me, it was a tie between DreamWorks Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and Pixar's Turning Red. You know, I, I had to kind of keep my Pixar streak going. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Turning Red, again, straight straight to Disney Plus, 
I thought it was such an interesting film. The, uh, you know, I couldn't relate to it in any way, but I think that's what was so interesting about mm. it was that this this film had such a distinctive, you know, perspective. But again, it wasn't. I didn't feel like it was heavy handed or anything like that. It was just uh, authentic and just so uh, one of a kind. Uh, you know, when those giant pandas. When the mom and daughter are having that big battle, at the, you know, at battle royale at the at the boy band concert, the uh, I don't know, it was just everything about it though. I mean, just 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 how uh, personal the story was, and again, funny and poignant. Just just I thought a real winner, another winner from Pixar. But I really enjoyed Puss and Boots: The Last Wish, mostly because the animation was mm. so good. And just for all the reasons that we talked about, particularly that it's, that I think it was greatly influenced by, by uh, Spider-Man, you know, into the, into the Spider-Verse, but the, uh, and, and Antonio Banderas's performance as Puss in Boots is just so funny to me. It's just, <laughs> he's so spot on. And I just thought they took advantage of the script was good, clever and such good animation. So, uh, kudos to DreamWorks. You know, I I'm often not a big DreamWorks fan, uh, but I think that the both the bad guys and then yeah. uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I don't know. I feel like the studio maybe has turned a creative corner, and they're gonna like watch out. Like they're gonna be, I think, you know, potentially coming out with a lot of really interesting films. So, uh, nice. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and then so my 2022 uh, film. Well, films is kind of a, a tie as well as uh, A24 is Marcel the Shell Shoes On uh, for like, like a partially animated movie. Uh, and then Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio on Netflix. Um, both of these I enjoyed a lot for, for different reasons. Marcel the Shell, I thought, was, was great just because of like all the like the dry humor that I liked about it. But it was also kind of like an endearing uh, and like poignant film with like like the story elements and themes that it was dealing with in there too, like about like family uh, and community within the in that. So and then if anyone hasn't seen that, I would definitely highly recommend it. That was um, it. Just got nominated for uh, best animated feature for the Oscars, so definitely suggest checking that out. You know the Charles Pinocchio did as well, um, and Pinocchio actually won the Golden Globe for best animated feature. Uh, so, and we talked about both of these on the show. I talked about Marcel with, uh, our friend Lauren, and then Sanford and I talked about, uh, Guillermo de Toro's Pinocchio recently. I still haven't watched Robert Zemeckis's Pinocchio. Don't uh, do it, Mark. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just probably mostly because of what Stanford's told me. So, oh, uh, yeah. So horrible. <laughs> I saw, I saw. Not to sidetrack anything, but I saw one person's post where they said my favorite movie of 2022 and my least favorite movie of 2022. And no, I didn't do this. <laughs> the two Pinocchios. The, it was the two different Pinocchios. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. Yeah. That, that's my favorite of 2022. Uh, and then how about you, Matt? So the most exciting commercial I've worked on thus far has been Lightyear. Um, we produced two toys for the movie Lightyear. Like the movie Lightyear, like I feel like it was a little slow. Like my son loves Buzz Lightyear, and when we watched it together, he was like, "I'm like he was bored of it, like in the beginning." So, but I did work on it. 
Um, and I directed <laughs> two TV commercials. One was the XL 15, like spaceship. And the other one was the playset. And it's, they're both by Imaginex. But if you see the spots and actually I saw it on TV, which I rarely see the things I direct. Cause you have to watch like Nick jr. Or like Disney jr. To mm. see him. Um, but I was on vacation in Erie, Pennsylvania this summer and I just happened to be walking through the lobby and I turned and looked at the big screen like TV in the lobby and the commercial was playing and I yelled in the middle of the lobby in front of everyone. I was like, it's my commercial. And people are probably like <laughs> staring at me like, what is this guy talking about? But uh, the, it was really fun working on those. And um, in the uh, XL15 commercial, um, we, we capture Zerg. So we shoot the little nice. projectile that's on the, you know, the XL15 and we can't shoot or kill anybody in a commercial. So we have to like um, shoot some rocks and then the rocks have to fall and like, you know, take them out. <laughs> so um, I, I spent quite a bit of time in my son's bedroom building blocks and seeing what would work to fall <laughs> and i sent them to our set designer and i sent her like a movie of me building this weird looking thing i'm like build that and it ended <laughs> up working so it was pretty cool um yeah light year nice nice very cool uh and then to to start wrapping everything up the everyone's favorite tv series of 2022 which i think uh you or Vector, you and I, and Stanford, and then Matt. Did you watch watch this? Because I don't, I don't know if you read it off the list. But Tales of the Jedi. Oh, did we all pick Tales of the Jedi? Nice. Cool. Well, Tales of the Jedi are Stanford, Vector, and mine uh, for twenty twenty two. You can hear most of mine and Stanford's thoughts on it in a animation fascination episode a few episodes ago. Uh, yeah, that's, if you want to hear more of what I, I said about it, go listen to that episode. Um, but, uh, Vactor. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. A continuation of Clone Wars and Bad Batch. And it was stories that are important to Star Wars and that we had never seen before. And also the journey of Ahsoka. So both of those things combined, it was just magic for me. So Tales of the Jedi I want more of these. I want Tales of the Sith. I want more yeah, of these too. anthology um, stories. So fantastic work. Nice. And yeah, what Vactor said for me. <laughs> and then, uh, then Matt, what did you do well, last convince year? Convince me I'm going to watch this right after this, right now. Yeah. So, um, shows, you know, like I said, I've been dancing in the realm of live action now. So I watch a lot of just garbage tv <laughs> so like you know i'll watch like go. gold rush you know I'll, and you know all those like curse of oak island i'm really into like the mystery of like that sort of thing but it, in terms mm. of like animated series um I'm, I'm scratching my head right now um go watch thomas let's <laughs> <laughs> go all right and so that that wraps us up for our favorite films and TV shows from 2015 to 2022 uh, and for our first 100 episodes of Animation Fascination. Uh, thank each of the three of you for joining me at different periods of time and doing different amounts of episodes for since 2011. I um, appreciate it and I'm proud of all the episodes that we did together and 
different stuff we've done with this. And even though we had like a seven year hiatus and then Stanford and I brought it back, um, I'm glad that we were able to bring it back and still continue to talk about animation because I know that we all still still like it. Some of us work in animation still, transition to, to live action. Um, our lives have changed since that first episode too. So I, don't know, I, I like that um, been able to kind of come back to this. And it's like one thing that I that I created with friends that I'm, I'm um, very proud of and have made other friends from doing it um, with like people that we listed off earlier. So I'm glad we're able to do this show and the stuff that's been able to come from it and will, I guess, continue to come from it and different people I've met because of it. So thank you guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and don't forget all the stuff's in the show notes where you can follow me, Stanford, Factor, Matt, uh, online at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Email us, animationfascinationpodcast.gmail.com. I still have the website for animationfascination.net. Matt said it earlier, but uh, you can get your Animation Fascination shirts and stuff. Uh, Stanford's got one. Uh, Bactor, who's on screen currently, will be editing this episode later. Um, but then I'm Mark DeBert. So for myself, Stanford Clark, our guests, Trent Bactor and Matt Quest, thank you for listening and make sure to tune in again next time.